Thank you for listening to Drinking with Authors. This podcast contains adult themes, adult language, adult subjects, including alcohol, sex, and solipsistic existential nihilism. And we ask if you are drinking along with us to please drink and listen responsibly. Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs episode. Jam, jam, jam. I'm here. I think, of course, I'm here. I'm here. I'm talking. <laughs> That's just fabulous. I love drinking. Okay. <laughs> my name is Erica Lance, and um, with me today is my co host, is J.M. Pickett. Yay! And we are so lucky to have the amazing Michelle Prince with us. Um, she's waving. She doesn't, it's audio. She's, it's okay. There's, we're going to talk about the drinks we're drinking because that makes more sense. So we're drinking, I'm drinking, um, vodka. uh, (laughs) This is bad. It's been long. I'm going to, I'm going to have a little nappy poo after this. Okay. So I am drinking cucumber lime vodka with Perrier pink grapefruit sparkling, um, Water, carbonate, whatever. Okay, Jen, what are you? I'm <laughs> you go. I'm drinking water and hydrating properly. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so much better than you. Okay. I remember when you used to get drunk. Just saying. Back before my throat swelled up. <laughs> yes, back before that. Some people would consider that hot. Okay, Michelle, what are you drinking today? Well, since we're in the middle of a pandemic, I am seeing a doctor pepper and i am adding some crown royal vanilla to it to uh have a nice little vanilla dr pepper today sounds amazing didn't they make vanilla dr pepper do they still make vanilla dr pepper they had vanilla Coke. yes no they have vanilla dr pepper don't they? But, but it doesn't have whiskey in it so no i yours is way better way better choices <laughs> i like it. way better choices okay <laughs> So we're in our literary briefs. I'm going to ask my two rapid fire questions that I just got a lot of judgment from Jen on. So um, the first one is, what is your favorite book? In the world? In the world. This is why it's not rapid fire. Okay, so Summer Sisters is kind of my go-to book every time I I hit like a streak of really bad books. Summer Sisters? Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. Because oh. it starts when they're kids, you get a little teenage stuff, you get adult stuff, all in one book, superbly written, and it makes me remember there are good writers in the world when you hit the, that bad streak. Because I... <laughs> you know you've been there where you're like, I'm, you know, I'm a good 50 pages or three chapters or whatever before I toss a book out the window unless they have bad football. Oh, so- see... Do, do you keep, fin- like, are you committed? Do you finish a bad book or do you just let it go? You know, it depends on how much I paid for it. Okay. I powered through one book that really was about 400 pages more than it needed to be. They could have just cut out that whole center section and gone from the beginning into the end and it would have been fine. But I had paid a lot for that book. And I'm like, it's got to get better. It, it has to. The law says it has to get better. I don't buy any more of that author's books anymore but i did finish it and the ending was wonderful the beginning was great in the middle just needed to be cut out it should have been a short story i mean it was it's a good 700 page story so they could have oh my God. cut out 400 and it would have been fine so uh what is your least favorite book 
of all time. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not giving me to that author, although she should be strung up for Seahawks. But she's a, she's a Seahawks fan, so that explains why she doesn't understand football. Um, no, wait, uh, what, what, what's that one? Silas Marner. Silas Marner. Oh. Why in the ever-loving torture of small children do they make you read that thing? It's awful. It's awful. There is no, if you want kids to love reading, why the hell would you put that in front of them? That's a long argument of, uh, I don't know. I didn't read a book I enjoyed in school until I was in college. I read a few because I had one. Okay. So when you look at the grammar in my books, please remember that my sophomore year, my entire second quarter grade, because we had quarters was based on how fast I could do word searches. And that was my English grade. So when I took his literature class, we got to pick whatever we wanted. And I actually got some really good books when I was. Oh, good. Yeah, he like let us read At Risk by Alice Hoffman. And we actually, and quite a few other books that I just absolutely love, like Separate Piece. I mean, just books that I actually really did love. So, but of course, this is the same person who graded me on my word search ability. So don't question my commas. They're probably wrong. See, there's, there's something like when you read, you know, I, I teach, I'm an English teacher. I'm an English major. I love words in every way. Like I read Shakespeare when I was in high school and I'm like, meh. And then I read it now and I enjoy it a lot more. So I think that's part of it is like growing up, you appreciate those authors more, but I'm with you on Silas. Um, I reread it thinking like, okay, maybe now I'll, I'll appreciate. No, I, I still don't appreciate it, but that's just not, it's not for everybody. And that's See? fine. And, and I horrify my poor co-author, Dahlia Rose, because she's like, what do you mean you've never read Shakespeare? I said, every year I go to the plays, though. But mm-hmm. no, I've never sat through and read it because it was never a requirement in any of the classes that I, I mean, but what was the weird one I had to take in college? I didn't like the books because they picked really stupid ones. Like so it was it wasn't Lord of the Flies. It was another golden one. And I was like, oh, I, was, I can't remember what it was. It was horrible. Yeah, Goldie's out. He's way out of my area. Like, I know Lord of the Flies, but that's it. My area is, if it's before 1600, I got you. And then Tolkien and fantasy after. In between, I'm a little a little gappy. That's okay. I, I like some of the books I read. In, I mean, I got to read, like, To Kill a Mockingbird and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it depends on the book list. I think some stuff is important. I think any forced reading, though, is a problem. Meaning if you force people and say you have no choice versus going, listen, you need to do a book report. You need to do this. But at least I went to school before there was the interwebs. I know because I took a typing class on a typewriter. Me too. Yeah, that's my typing gestures. So I um, feel like that, um, you know, it wasn't like you could go search that. If you wanted to go look anything up on it, there weren't cliff notes. You couldn't, you know, really plagiarize somebody else's paper easily on it because it wasn't as accessible to get a paper. But um, uh, I think, whoa, so much, so much vodka today. Okay. But I think that nowadays, I think, you know, my daughter was able to read uh, the Twilight series as one of her book report things. Um, and I thought that was interesting. At the same time, I was like, I don't know that that's quite the point in doing that. It depends like, on how the teacher approaches it. Like, are you reading, are you learning about literary elements and then identifying them in whatever you read? You can find, there's some stuff, there's tropes in, in Twilight that you can work with. 
if that's your only exposure to literature, you probably want to read something else. Well, I, I think I love the, she was reading those books and I remember cause she was a teenager reading those books. So I, I have my own emotions regarding those books and how they are not a good guideline for stable relationships. But I remember she got to the point where she um, was reading about, you know, the at Edward asking to marry and her saying yes. And she walked out to the living room and chucked the book across the living room and was like, this is bullshit. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. At least you got the point and you weren't, oh my God, I love Edward. Well, I will say that those books got me to write my books because I was very frustrated at the end. So. See, but she she nailed it. She nailed high school drama angsts. Yeah, there 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 was some of that. The thing that I I can understand though the not healthy part of it because mm-hmm. my thing with with my her- heroines is I always say that they want the hero but they don't need them. The three months when she put that she was just blank and basically dead because he was gone is not a healthy way to portray that. And For so that's sure. kind of one of those things I. Uh, there are situations that happen that you can be upset about, but to go to that extreme, I think was, was not a healthy way to portray that. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the reason why I was frustrated about the book, my books, but it got me to write my books basically. So. Yeah. No, I think it's good. And I think that's the point is that when you, it comes to, taking a series like that and stuff. And you don't get me wrong. Like I'm a fan of vampire diaries. I watch that cheesy stuff on TV too. It, it was kind of the similar with Buffy, the vampire slayer there. We, we're not talking about a heroine. That's very good at healthy relationship choices. Right. Buffy holds up, by the way, it does. Buffy holds up because there's no cell phone. There's a lot of things that hold up when there's no <laughs> cell phone. That whole show would be solved by cell phones, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I have a a friend that's an author who wrote a book and he placed it in the 80s specifically because the story did not hold up at all if there was a cell phone availability. Like, it was really interesting, but he wrote it in that, you know what I mean? But I I think from, like, an author standpoint, you have a responsibility. That's kind of why, like, Judy Bloom, she's, you know, you have your author heroes. She's one of my author heroes because she saw that responsibility when she's talking to that grade. Mm. we look at forever she had her go to Planned Parenthood some parents might not like that but she at least was being showing a responsible way if you are going to move forward in this relationship if this is what you're planning on doing you need to make these steps and when I had moms read my first series one mom said thank you for not making her feel like she's a whore because she had sex. Thanks you for showing it in a positive way as opposed to a negative way. Because a lot of times these girls are getting talked into sex or having sex with their boyfriend and then immediately feeling shame on it. And you didn't have your heroine do that. Although there was a delay, there wasn't a quick, you know, we're going to just right away. But it was, I think, in a little bit more, I think that's part of, if you're going to write teen, if you're going to write young kids, there's a safety thing. You don't want these kids. I mean, as much fun as it was reading books, you don't want the kids just wandering off into the woods and doing things. You want you you need that. I think there's a safety thing that you have to come on. And I mean, even with the adult books, there's always the do you use a condom or don't you? You know, do you stop the sex scene to apply the condom or not? Is kind of a common thing in regular romance, but especially with teen, you need. I think there's a responsibility because you know who you're talking to at that point, and you need to show them 
you can show them drinking, but you need to show what happens. You can show them having sex, but you need to show safe sex or what happens if you don't. So that's one of the, the questions, like the um, the book, 13 Reasons Why. There's a, a big debate about like how much responsibility does an author have for depicting suicide? Because one of the arguments against it is it glorifies it, right? She kills herself and then everybody remembers her. So she like gets what she wants. So there's one side that says that's really important because you need to depict these things. It needs to be truthful and, and honest. And, and this is a very real thing. And then the other side is like, yeah, but you're, you're glorifying it. So how do you, how do you walk that line? Is an author responsible because people read 13 reasons why, or when there was the show, they made, they watched the show yeah. and then committed suicide. So where, where are you on, on that? Discuss. I think, I think. I wow. Think, I, I think I think that yeah, we just turn turn left. I'm sorry, it's not my fault. I no, no, it. it's fine. Um, no, but I do think there I think there is you need to talk to I think you there is some point to it, but I didn't read 13 Reasons Why and I didn't watch the show. My son wanted me to. I just didn't it didn't pull me in to the point that I wanted to read it or watch the movie. Um, because there's a lot of certain things that get glorified that I think I can't watch them. Much like uh, what was it, leaving La- leaving Las Vegas, the one where Nicolas Cage drinks himself to death. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for that character. I'm not going to. There's no. I, I, I so for me, there's a lot of movies that I've t- watched once, and I can't watch again. Some because they're so because it's really hard because it's truthful, and some because I just I can't find the sympathy for that character. So I think you there's a balance there. Can you find the sympathy for that character? see what they're going through and look at the whole picture and can you show the whole picture or are you just going to show this one where I, and like I said I didn't I haven't seen it so I don't know but mm-hmm. if we go back to the twilight thing well let's see we have him sneaking in her bedroom mm-hmm. without her having any reaction and again it, this kind of goes back to my whole I'm going to throw you up against the wall and I'm going to do this this and this and I'm sorry if a man said that to me I'm not going to melt so I mean but as an adult woman we can kind of make that descript descript the we can kind of decide. I've been having to make rounds. No, um, you can. I, you can. Kind I'm of on board that. with this. Let's not use words. Let's yeah. just make sounds. We're gonna the distinction between. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you, but as an adult, you can kind of make that distinction where, especially when you're doing, when you're writing for younger kids, you have you, you have to kind of show both sides. I think a little bit more and kind of go into it so the kid can understand the whole thing with it, as opposed to one. And that's kind of like I said, Summer Sisters, one of my favorite ones. She has lousy sex the first time and it's not you know but then there's other you know it's just kind of how it goes and not everything is going to be perfect and not everything is going to happen exactly the way it's supposed to and that's okay you can survive and move on and here's how it can be better the second time or however it is you know it's interesting you bring up leaving las vegas because it's one of my favorite um uh movies to make reference to because the thing is about that movie and I think it, it it's it's not that I've watched a lot of times because I don't feel like that's a movie I need to watch a lot of times it's not like yeah. Galaxy Quest to me which I've watched five billion times like an addict but or Princess Bride but the thing about that is in that character what I liked about it was they didn't redeem that character and it's kind of yeah. like bad guys in books to me I actually have a huge problem when the character is not on a precipice themselves, meaning like they're not trying to figure out whether they want to be good or bad or um, like you can have some bad guys that are a product of an environment that maybe in a more positive environment can change. Right. 
But yeah. you have bad guys that are just bad guys and or people that have made life choices and they are where they're at. And to have somebody else come and impose their life choice into that, I think also takes away from the credibility of a story. And I like the fact that he drank himself, that that was his goal. That's what he wanted to go do. It was a it was like watching his journey to go do that. Now, whether it was right to drink yourself to death or whatever, but at the same time, I go, if he had gotten better and found love with her and then changed his whole life around, that story would have been terrible to me because that's not where this guy was at in his life. Yeah, he was so far gone at the first in the first scene. Yeah, he was done. He was done when he started, which is fine. And yet, yeah, there was no saving him at that point. But it, and for me, I I want to. I like happy endings. It's kind of like I just I just listened to this, I listened to this one book that I got very irritated with because football error, along with a couple other errors. Because I'm sorry, you you know Minnesota, you can't get from St. Cloud to Rochester in an hour and a half. I don't care what Google Maps says. Anyway, so. I, and but I, no, I was you, the you story know. and I, and it was like there was there was no happiness for anybody at the end and I'm like and this is why I don't read this because even if you're reading like a James Patterson mystery or you know a, you know any kind of Stephen King you usually end up with some sort of happy ending even though you know I mean it can be horrific the whole way through but you're gonna have something somewhat positive at the end you know and this one book I was just listening to it and I'm like wow everybody's miserable at the end of this book. Yay. It's like reading the corn bee. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's it's interesting because it's what is what do you like as a reader? You know, yeah. what, what do you like as a writer? What do you like as a reader? And um, you know, it's the escapism or fantasy, or do you want the realistic situation? Like this was on um uh Netflix, but I, I actually listened to the you book, the series you. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen anything. He's a stalker, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But the book was just from a a writer perspective, phenomenal the way this book was written. Because it's 100% his view of everything. Like Like how wives? Have you read The Wives yet? No. Oh, my God. And that doesn't have necessarily a happy ending. But, oh, my God, is that amazing. That's a new one. It's kind of like a new – it came out like about – like three months, three or four months ago. Oh my God, that is an amazing book. I'll have to check it out. But it's interesting because I watched the series and I was like, this is really great. And you never know when you watch a series whether they did better than the book or, you know, different than the book or whatever, because you can't do an entire book in a in a show because they just don't have the time, right? And it was interesting when I was listening to it though, because that doesn't have a happy ending that at all, right? That's no, no happy ending. But I, I think that it is that entertaining to you not to go, I want something that doesn't end well, but is that an entertaining thing? Like I actually am not a huge fan when everything goes to crap and somehow people are okay at the end of the book, like, okay, maybe, but not happy. Like I love the way the, um, uh, hunger games series ended because they were very, what they went through was, would break the human spirit, you know? And that was reflected, not that they weren't okay at the end and had some solace in each other, but they didn't, they weren't like happy ending to me tied with a bow. Everything was perfect kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Well, and like defending Jacob, it's on Apple TV right now. Um, I have touted that book since I 
probably read it in 2012 when it came out or something like that. And that doesn't have a happy ending either, but it's a satisfying story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of those things, but I'm watching the series and I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, please say they didn't just move this part up here because I'm trying to like, it's like it's been a few years since I've read it. I'm like, oh, I hope they didn't cut out like this one really big part. That So I'm slowly watching, I'm watching that on Apple TV because they only put out, they were supposed to put out three. They only put out one episode this week. I'm like, oh. but How do you feel about books to movies now we're on this topic? Because... Heck yeah, make mine into a movie. Everybody, <laughs> everybody says that my first book reads like you're in a movie. That's kind of how the first book reads. People feel like that. Would you be willing Christmas to give series. up and create a control for somebody to write the movie that they want to out of that book? As long as they don't change the character's race, I think. It, I'd give up a lot because I've been asked by, I was asked by publishers to either amp up the racial angst between the two of them or from the world to them, which is not book one, that's book two, or if change them to a, change the characters to white, I would have, that's where I would have an issue. I think more than anything, because that's, those are the things that publishers have suggested to get it out there. And I've been told, you know, Oh, they'd sell a lot more. And I'm kind of one of those, no, I'm not going to give that up. That's part of who they are and part of why the story works and part of what it is. And I really my husband says just give it up I'm like no because I'm not I I refuse to give up that and really if you read book two in that series the beam you'll understand why she refuses to give that I refuse to give it up too because in that the entire the character is obsessed with movies I have no idea how she could be related to me at all but she (laughs) always tries to see her life in movies and at the point she's like watching oh and Othello and you know uh, what was it? Hustle and Flow. All these movies where the black guy kills or pimps out or does something bad with a girl and she only has saved the last dance. That's the only movie. So she's always watching that over and over because it's the only one that gives her the happy ending with the black guy. And so the whole movie, he's giving her movies, trying to give her, well, one night stands. They both cheated on their spouses to get there. Obsessed. Uh, hello, she's crazy. You know, I mean, so she goes until he gets to the very, very end and then he makes fun of her because... She loves old movies and she didn't think about guests who's coming to dinner. So it's one of those things as you go through, um, it's looking at that, but it's her trying to find that happy ending in something she can actually see, which is why I started writing is trying to find my own story as opposed to an erotica, you know, Oh, this is taboo. She's just testing him out to make her daddy mad type book. So as long as they keep with that. Who would play your main characters? Okay, so the heroine, <laughs> when I wrote this, okay, so not Shayla Woodley or whatever, but her sister from the pregnant, the the American teenager, um, her little sister who was also in the fourth, what do you call that, the fourth uh, Underworld would be the girl, have yet to find the girl. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, with the long black hair. Yeah, I don't know her yeah. name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, she's just this little sister, but she is like totally perfect for Ellie. She would be my heroine. Um, the hero I have yet to find. I found some pictures, but I haven't found an actor that just says, oh, yes, this is him. So, Wow. It's interesting casting casting the, the movie in your mind. I, I think about this because I write a lot of screenplay stuff, too, in plays. And I, I, I fight with whether or not I would be okay giving up 
create a control for somebody else to write the story. Cause sometimes I feel like they, they do an okay job. And then other times I'm like, you, to me, you didn't get the core story that you should be telling, but you know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't up. Okay. So now that we've talked about book, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> what movie yeah. do you watch over and over again? Let me do it that way. Cause we have favorite movies and then we want, are the ones that like we're sitting around in our PJs eating White cheddar popcorn. Yeah, if a Knight's Tale comes on, I will be watching it, no matter what my husband says. Oh, I love I, that movie. I have yet to get through Armageddon without crying. They actually, the, the, my family actually sits there and waits because it's always at a different scene. It, I, it doesn't. I don't know why. That's the one. Every it's Aerosmith. Time, it could be, I don't know, because sometimes, you know, one time it's when they're standing under the thing and they're looking, you know, at the launch pad for the other one. And I'm, ah! and then one time, you know, sometimes they get almost to the end and they shake his hand. And I'm just, ah! So, yeah, that's the one I cry at every time. Do you have feelings about Rudy being a sports fan? I do. I do like Rudy. I used to love it when I was younger. I haven't watched it in a long time. Yes, I do like Rudy. You know, who doesn't like the underdog? Because I was very short and I was a setter. So when I was in college, I played volleyball and I was short. So, but. What made you get so into football? Was that from when you were growing up or was that later? Or um, I did like it when I was younger, but, and I was, you know, a football cheerleader and kind of like the guys that would, our guys all had to take a knee so their butts were perfect. Um, and then I married a football player and I raised a football player. And I actually, when I was in college, I actually took football coaching. So, because I figured my husband was, he was, they were saying he was going to go in the draft. He didn't, which is fine. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll be the one home. So I'll learn how to football coach. And so I took that as an elective and I just kind of love it. And I'm a big Vikings fan. I'm very annoying during the game. If there's something I don't understand or there's been a rule change, because I'm a huge fan. I did watch all of the draft, like all three days of it. My husband got me started watching the, the combine a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm very annoying during games. And if there's something I don't know, I always ask the experts because I have them at my ready. No, that's very cool. Okay. So because we're getting near the end, I would like you to give us some advice for authors out there. What is your advice? Um, uh, stay true to your voice. Don't, I mean, there's some things, yes, you need to change to make things better. Absolutely. Don't be stubborn in the fact that, oh, just people don't understand me. No, there's a reason why you're being told this by an editor, but stay true to who you are. I could, you know, change my pen name, put all my books out in different ways. And I think I probably would do better, but I don't want to give up on my characters. I think they're important the way they are. They come to me the way they are. I don't always have cut off the characters of color, but sometimes I do. Um, and I don't want to give that up. So I just take what comes with that. But I also don't want to change my voice just because someone's like, oh, well, if you do this, if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to make money. One, you lucked out and made money that way. Not necessarily me. So. No, that's, I, it's brilliant advice. Okay. Shameless self-promotion time. How do people find you, my friend? First, you stalk me. Don't no, stalk um, her. I mean, That's a bad idea. Apparently there's a seven foot tall dude that'll meet you at the door. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Do not, do not. He is seven foot tall and very protective. Um, no. So 
if you follow my Amazon page, you can definitely get all my updates. I usually make sure I put all my events that I'm going to and when books come out, they let you know. Um, and biggest thing is I was born before spell check. So my name is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L. Last name is Prince, as in the artist formerly known as. You can find me at michelleprincebooks.com. Sign up for my newsletter, uh, Michelle Prince Books on Facebook and Instagram. And then I'm just Michelle Prince one on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. We loved having you on the show. I'm so glad we got to meet you. Yeah, um, you too. Awesome. Okay, so this has been Literary Breeze with Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance, and with me is... Jay Paquette. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>